Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Miller Mites podcast. I am here with my brother, Silas. Silas, how you doing? Good. Good to be back. You know, uh, an odd week of college football. It was an odd week. It was an odd week more than college football. Yeah. It was just an odd week yeah. in general for everybody. And I think, yeah, that was the biggest reason we weren't on last week. Right. Uh, we are coming off of a week where we didn't have an episode, yeah. uh, which we were a little disappointed about, but... Um, I feel like uh, our world was uh, a little crazy. Uh, everyone's world uh, living in America was crazy. But uh, we're back. We're ready to talk college football. This is the Miller Meister Podcast where we talk all things college football. We've got a lot to talk about. Even if though it was a weird week, uh, Clemson lost. They did. So we have so much to talk yes. about. Yes, I mean, that one loss in their column, even though you know there's some excuses or some like questionable plays... Uh, they do have a loss beside their name. And, they do. Uh, that's always a topic of discussion. Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, I'm excited to just get right into uh, it here. A couple different things. We're ready to get into it. Let's go ahead. First and ten, Silas. And you know what that means. Top ten. Top ten. Top ten. Silas, yeah. I would love to hear your top ten. Would you, would you love... I would love to hear your top ten. I, w- I want to see how things fall. Um, we we had put our top ten together for last week that we ended up never recording. Yeah. And it's amazing how from uh, the first episode we recorded and to now. Right. Teams that, like Oklahoma State. Yeah, how much it's fluctuated. Yes. Uh, which is sad. Mm-hmm. For, Oklahoma, is sad. For, for Oklahoma State fans. Yeah. For many other fans. Yeah. So, Silas, go ahead and give me your, your top ten in uh, whatever way you want to give it to me. All right, well... I'm lenient here. Uh, Georgia's tenth to me. Okay. Um, not a good week at all. I, you know, they you, went into you kept that. them in, right? Uh, I mean, I feel like their mind down there was in politics this week, and oh. uh, you know, they just weren't there for the Florida game. Right. And uh, Florida was there for the Florida game. Uh, they came in earlier for politics in the uh, you know they're still protection. counting votes. Right. Yeah. Georgia's still counting votes. So, anyways, yes, Georgia tenth, and then I got Oregon at nine. After a win to open the season against Stanford, and then BYU after a beatdown mm. in Boise, and then I got Florida at seven, Cincinnati at six, Texas A&M at five, Clemson at four after the loss to Notre Dame. Top four still, you're keeping them there. Yes, Clemson's in the top four. I mean, if you look who's behind them, it's not really close. Right, especially getting Trevor Lawrence back, uh, and then uh, Ohio State at three. Uh, Beat Rutgers. There were some iffy plays. I mean, Rutgers came to play. You could we tell. will be talking about the second half. Yeah. yeah. The Rutgers, you know, they threw some, I would like to call it, you know, like, whoa plays. Whoa plays. Yeah, okay. whoa plays Um, that just, you know, stunned Ohio State. Yeah. And, but, I mean, Justin Fields, six touchdowns. Uh, another amazing day for him. And then Notre Dame at two and Alabama at number one. Notre Dame, I mean, hats off to him. Yeah. Uh, a huge win at home. I thought the crowd did a really good job for only having, you know, minimum capacity. Mm -hmm. Uh, It felt like an actual Notre Dame environment, which is exciting. Yeah. We crave that sometimes in a year like this. And uh, hats off to Notre Dame. Big win. Awesome. Uh, I I like that. I like your decisions. Um, But uh, if we're going to, if I'm going to start listing mine, then I'm, I'm so thrilled to tell you my number 10 spot. Oh, okay. It's Indiana. Oh my. Indiana. No. Yes. Okay. I'm, you know what? They're undefeated. Yeah. I've got teams who with one loss, you know, way higher. Right. Than number ten. Right. And I like looking at I mean there's undefeated teams all over the place. But like you look at Indiana's wins and you look at the game that's coming up. Oh yeah. And and they're gonna be playing against the Buckeyes. Yep. And what's I like seeing a I like seeing a top ten matchup there. Yeah. So that's, that's where the Hoosiers are. I've got them in my 10 spot. Okay. Yeah. Okay, number 10, Indiana. Number 9, Oregon. Okay. Um, I mean, really, honestly, 5 and under, like 5 yeah. and everything after that, it's just kind of, it's kind of, it is what it is for me. It's, right. it's fluctuated every week. I have not had a strong uh, prediction of who the top 10 teams are. I've done horrible. So, number 9, Oregon. 8, BYU. They're still there. Yeah, they're still there. And... Like, fashionably. Yeah. Fashionably. I mean, yeah, BYU, they keep getting doubted a little bit. Kind of like Coastal Carolina, who's, yeah. like, even smaller. But BYU, they got Zach Smith, 
or Zach Wilson, excuse me, and wow. I mean, they just keep blowing these teams out, and it's like, is this a team that could eventually squeeze in Yeah. like UCF tried to do a few years ago? And like a year like this, you really shouldn't be surprised to see something like that. So continue. Okay. Yeah. No, I like the point you made. One of the points you made, I'm going to talk more about that, was did you just say Zach Smith? Yeah, yeah Zach is, Smith. Yeah. Is Zach Smith, is that the guy from Ohio State? Or am I confusing that with another name? Maybe. Yeah. I think you're right. Okay. Yeah. Troy Smith? No, no, Zach Smith. Oh, okay. Who is the guy that got fired the whole big ordeal? Oh, Zach Smith, yeah. For, for With Urban Meyer? Yeah, you're right, yeah. Is that the name? Yeah, yeah, Zach Smith, yeah. I don't usually get those names right, but I was, anyway. I was like, oh, wow. Okay, anyway. So, where did I, I was at 8 BYU, 7 Cincinnati. Okay. Wow. What do you think about that? I feel like Cincinnati fans are mad. They, just like BYU, they're rolling teams, you know? Right, and right. They don't have a loss. You think they're mad to be at seven? I mean, yes, considering there's some experts out there putting them at like five or six. That's true. I am no expert, but I do not like putting Cincinnati above seven. Okay. Just be. I'm being real. Yeah. I love Luke Fickle. I love the guy. Right, and you know, like the people I heard someone the other day saying, "Is Cincinnati the best team in Ohio?" I laughed. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. No. See, seven's fine then. Yeah. Whoever made that comment. I'm happy I put them at seven. Right. I mean, Ohio is now a powerhouse state. You think about Florida and California. No, Ohio. Yeah, that's true. I mean, bring it on, Luke Fickle. You know, you know, Luke, you keep doing this, I'll bring you above seven. Yeah. But get your people to stop saying Cincinnati's the best in I mean, Ohio. Yeah, and if you look at a year ago, it's the same two teams practically. Okay. I mean, regarding, you know, the Chase Young. But, like, Cincinnati has the same exact team, and they lost 42 nothing in the shoe last year. <laughs> right, that is so, true. Ease yourself. Yeah, let's let's put the the foot on the on the brake there a little bit. But like, um, I don't I don't want to come across like Cincinnati doesn't deserve to be. They probably should be higher. I have them at seven just because uh, we got Texas A and M at six, and um, we were talking about this earlier. Is that you, you? You made a look, Silas. I did. Yeah, off screen I made a look. A and M beat Florida. A and M beat Florida. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I read that wrong. I do. Oh, okay. I do have them at five. Okay. I have I have I have Texas A&M at five. Florida at six. Okay. I'm yeah, sorry. that makes sense. Florida yeah. six. But who cares about Florida? We're talking about Texas A&M because we had talked about Texas A&M earlier. Okay. Right. Yeah. They're at my five spot. Uh, we talked about them this morning, not on the podcast. Uh-huh. And you're like, they have no one else left to play. They don't. I mean, Vanderbilt might be. Right. The- I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they play Vanderbilt. Uh, yeah. It's just this is like. The more probable, we talked about like Cincinnati or BYU. Yeah. This is a Power 5 team playing the SEC. Their only loss is to who I have number one, Alabama. Okay. And they really do not have anybody else on their schedule. I mean, they have a legitimate shot to run the table. And that can scare that can scare some like people who want to crash the party because... Right. Like, if you think about... Right now, the most probable would be two ACC teams getting in, with Notre Dame beating Clemson and Clemson not having Trevor Lawrence, which is their biggest excuse. Yeah. Um, so that would make more sense. But if one of those teams falls, okay, here comes Texas A&M. They're nine and one, only lost to Alabama. Why not put them in? So. And we skipped over Florida there because I did have I did mix that up. Texas A&M did beat Florida, so they should be ranked higher. But Florida, okay. Um, they still have to play Alabama, am I correct? Yeah, well, they would play in the SEC championship okay. if they both continue to win out. Right, and, so what would that mean? Uh, that means Florida, you have a big if on your hands. Okay. If you want to go to the playoff, you will indeed jump Texas A&M if you can beat Alabama in the SEC championship. Especially with Texas A&M not having... The win over Alabama. Yes. Yes, so... But and it's just very confusing considering the head-to-head matchup between Texas A&M and Florida, where Florida lost, mm-hmm. but they beat Alabama and Texas A&M lost. So that makes you know a difficult situation. But um, if Notre Dame and Clemson are there, one undefeated, one with a loss to each other, yeah, I just don't see two SEC teams. It's really unlikely right now, unless you really think Texas A&M is better than Clemson with Trevor Lawrence. So, I mean... And I don't think that, because no. I do have Clemson at my number four spot. And to uh, clean that up, Texas A&M's first game was against Vanderbilt. That that was my bad. I told you that earlier today. Uh, they have Tennessee, Ole Miss, LSU, and then they finished the year at Auburn. Not a, not a very strong 
No, but if you would, if you look at the beginning of the year, that'd be like, oh my, right? Like, like Auburn and LSU and Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee was one of those teams that was like on the rise. Yeah, but with the way the seasons played out, Texas A and M, I would definitely like to see them have bigger wins to be, to put them in the playoff. Right. Yeah. 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 So. Um, I do have Clemson at four. Okay. Uh, I gave you, uh, like, grief earlier saying, like, oh, you kept Clemson in your top four. But, yeah, absolutely. The the gap between Clemson and then the next team up for me, Texas A&M, like, it's just too big, mm-hmm. even without Trevor Lawrence. Right. So, um, Notre Dame, number three. Okay. I don't want them to, uh, to hop Ohio State just yet because I feel like if Ohio State – I'm looking at Ohio State. And even though they had a rough half playing backups – Mm-hmm. against Rutgers yeah. in the second half there. Uh, I feel like matchup-wise, if they were to play Notre Dame, if they were to play Clemson, it would be much uh, it would be a much easier game than if they were to play Alabama. That's how I feel. Okay. That's how I feel. Yeah. So I'm keeping Ohio State at number two. I'm not letting Notre Dame jump, and then Alabama at my number one. Okay. Temporary. You know, this is all, like, right. fluctuating. you got to take my rankings with a grain of salt because they have changed so many. I mean, I had – last time we had a, a show, I had Oklahoma State at number four, and it, it sucks to not see them in the top ten anymore. Right, yeah. It's such and, a close uh, loss. hats off. They went to Manhattan without time loss. And That's true. Tuba Hubbard played, what, two quarters, maybe even less, and they got the win. It was not easy. Yeah. They got shut out the first time since 2014. Yep. They're still there. They're hanging around. They got Nor- They got to go to Norman in two weeks. It's exciting. It's exciting to see what they can do. I don't think that there's any chance for the playoff, but I do think a New Year's Six Bowl, a Big 12 championship, is definitely on the horizon. So that's Yeah, and that was against a very good Kansas State team. Yeah, Kansas State is not uh, your cupcake team. No. No. Okay. Um, all right. So that was my top ten. Um, and it's It's messy. But uh, it's it comes down to those four teams. I mean, this year's been messy. It's been it's been messy. Yeah. Uh, with everything with the pandemic, uh, it's the four teams for me. Uh, I I do look to see those four teams. That is the playoff to mm-hmm. me this year. Um, it'll be interesting to see uh, Notre Dame and Clemson possibly again. Yes, yes, that's a game that I could see. You know, them splitting. Okay. With Trevor Lawrence coming back. I know. Like, oh, Notre Dame fans would be super ticked to me saying this, but like, they didn't have him, mm-hmm. and it was at Notre Dame. Yeah. At night with your backup, who is going to be good. Yui Galali, excuse me, is going to be good, but Notre Dame has to be a little bit concerned sometimes. With I mean, they're playing a team that didn't have their star linebacker, didn't have their star QB. But then again, let me just say this: they really held ETN on the ground. So if you can do that again, I mean, yes, you have a good chance. You have to force Lawrence to throw a lot because ETN is a snake in the grass, you know. And uh, so yeah, that'll be a good game down the road. I don't see anybody else in the ACC challenging them. With you saying that, let me ask you this. So I think you alluded to it, but let's let's, let's just put it on in writing here. Do you feel like Clemson lost because of the Lawrence loss? Um, let me put it like this. I think that Clemson had a much higher chance of winning. Okay. I feel like Lawrence has been in these situations before. He has experience. This guy's... Yui Galale was starting a second game. Uh, it did help that he was had some... Uh, he had some controversy against BC a week ago, so he had a little bit more experience than people were expecting. But yes, I feel like Clemson... Wow, I can't believe I'm saying this. I really feel Clemson's the better team. Okay. Yeah, you were like, so yes? Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. It's a weird situation. Uh, they did play, mm-hmm. and Notre Dame came up on top, so we got to give them credit for that. Uh, it was a big win. Uh, so we're moving on, though, from our top ten. We spent a lot of time on that. Let's talk about what everyone wants to hear. Kirby Smart and Jim Harbaugh. Right. Two head coaches of two different teams. Let's talk about Kirby Smart first. Okay, Kirby. Yeah, this is going to be the easier one because I feel like this is the guy higher on the totem pole okay. right now. I think, you know, Jim Harbaugh, he's just laying dead in the grass right now. But, um, yeah, Kirby Smart. Um, I have my concerns with him every single year. Uh, I talked to my dad earlier. Uh, Kirby Smart can't develop quarterbacks. Mm. They can recruit them, but they can't develop them. And this all started, and Georgia fans know this. This is no surprise. It all started when you recruit the second-best 
quarterback in a draft class. His name is Justin Fields. You may have heard of him. <laughs> he is quite good. Uh, came to Georgia. You know, he almost went to Penn State. He flipped, went to Georgia. His home is Georgia. And then they decide after a year to keep Jake Fromm as the starting QB. And this is really questionable considering Jake Fromm was a highly touted QB out of high school. Which is like, okay, yeah, Jake Fromm, he's good. They go they go to the national championship and lose mm-hmm. his freshman year. And then it was stale. Like, this kid was good, and that was it. Mm-hmm. He's just good. Because Kirby Smart cannot develop a QB. And I think that's the biggest problem. Justin Fields transferred. It doesn't help that their fans were calling him racial slurs. That does not help. But the fact that you keep Jake Fromm, that's probably the worst decision you made. But then it's like, why did you do that? Because Jake Fromm didn't do anything after that. So you're saying, like, Jake Fromm, okay, not only uh, shouldn't he have been the starting quarterback, you don't think he, he developed he didn't from do anything, his freshman year He didn't do anything to, to prove it. Like, why? You know, it was just so questionable. He didn't do anything to say, hey, I should be playing over Justin Fields. And you think, it, and you think it's because of Kirby Smart and his lack of development with his quarterbacks? Yes. I mean, that could have been a first-round pick that ended up being a six-round pick. Wow. Yep. Wow. Yep. Okay. He's, okay. He was the he was the NFL-style QB. He's not very mobile, but he can throw. Uh, but it's not like his throwing developed. If you look at Ryan Day, Justin Fields had a lot of development to make. Mm-hmm. In an offseason, and look how Justin Fields threw 41 touchdowns his first year in Ohio State. Like, it's there's an issue. Yeah. And you see, there, there's a, the quarterback situation this year is an issue with Georgia, and that's why they lost. Kyle Trask for Florida is not an issue. And that's just going to hurt them in the SEC this year. Jim Harbaugh. Oh, boy. Yeah. So we, we, we talked about Michigan after the Minnesota win, mm-hmm. and they looked – they looked really good, but we also thought a lot higher of Minnesota at the time. And in hindsight, that win means nothing, in my opinion. It doesn't, yeah. Um, Jim Harbaugh, it's been the same story every season with him. What do you? What are your thoughts on what he's doing in Michigan? Yeah, well, okay. So let's start at the beginning, like you said, with Minnesota. Okay. So they come out really strong against a team that had a really good 2019 season. Jim Harbaugh, you know, he is like their franchise coach. You know, people were expecting great things. They were expecting Ohio State-type things. And they haven't got that. The closest they got was the year Jabril Peppers, uh, Rashawn Gary. They had this team that was put together that collapsed. And they they went to the shoe and they almost won. Went to overtime. I mean, that was the peak of Jim Harbaugh Michigan football. Hmm. And lately, it's going down. It's going down. He had a fire. You know, like he wanted to compete with Ohio State. And they were. But now, even like, I feel like Ryan Day coming in the last two years, the two blowouts. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's diminishing for Michigan football. It's... It's super disappointing mm-hmm. for Michigan fans. Like, I know people were so excited after they beat Minnesota, and then that's what Michigan does sometimes. They just they, they just fall apart. I'm you're snapping. I don't you're really snapping know how to fingers. say it. Yeah. They just fall apart. Two losses in a row. One to Michigan State was unacceptable. They just lost bad to Iowa. Bad. And then you lose to Indiana, who you are supposed to beat every year. Uh, granted, Indiana is a pretty good football team, but yeah, Michigan's not there. It, they're not there. It's not even close. Okay. Uh, what is your? You know what? We're moving on. Okay. Because I mean, we could just stay. Everyone's talking about Jim Harbaugh right now. Yeah. And it, we can we can just. It's a sad subject. It is because I remember. I just remember every year it's the same story with with Michigan and their fan base because they know where they should be. But they also want to deny the fact of where they are. Mm-hmm. That's that's how I feel about about the whole Jim Harbaugh situation. Is that I want to I want to give the guy credit, but he's given me nothing. Yep, he's given me nothing. BYU. So giving you something. They're BYU. giving me something. Yeah, they are. Let's talk about their stunning 
performance on Saturday. Friday. On Friday. Yeah, they played Friday uh, at Boise State. And this is a game that people once again doubted. Right. Uh, BYU. They're like, oh, this will be the one. Right. Uh, this was way out there in Boise, Idaho. Blue field. Yeah. No one was watching, honestly. Unless you really... Right. I mean, I thought it was on Saturday. Yeah. Like, this is a game that you saw in the schedule and you're like, oh, wow, that might be good. But it's playing at 1030 at night. You know what I mean? So, like... But anyways, BYU comes out. Two uh, ranked teams. Uh, Boise State is just now getting started. The Mountain West is getting started. People really believe Boise State can get a victory and ruin BYU's magical season. And heck, no. That wasn't even close. 51-17. to 17. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, it was bad. Like, this is a BYU team that has guys over 23 years old. And that's the way they go off to war, and then they come back and play, and they have eligibility. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, I mean, this BYU team is experienced. This BYU team has a experienced quarterback. Uh-oh, Georgia, you hear that? You know what I mean? Yeah. The quarterback is everything, and they have one. And that's huge, considering their schedule is not good. And when you, when you do have, like, a top 25 game, you're killing them. You're absolutely killing them. So that's huge. BYU has like a good shot. Like if you look at the ESPN College Football Playoff Predictor, they have a better shot than the Big Twelve. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, yeah, and thanks to Oklahoma State losing to Texas two weeks ago, but uh, BYU and against Cincinnati, yeah, I mean they're they're there and they're not going away. Okay, I'm gonna throw this at you real quick. So like with BYU this year, you're making it seem a lot. Uh, like it's a bigger deal than what I'm going to put it here. I look at BYU this year kind of like Scott Frost, U- UCF, mm-hmm. the year they were really successful. Do you think it's more than that? Yeah, I mean, every year you have that team, like Western Michigan a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's, there's always that team that, like, they don't have a tough schedule, but they're just demolishing guys. Right. So it's like, okay, we see you. Do you think this is a, Do you think this is different? Do you think this is a, a greater case? Uh. Different, but in a way that's not what you're expecting. I think, okay, so UCF yeah. played in the American Conference right. with Scott Frost. They were the best team. They played some pretty good teams, though. And BYU's not. Hmm. BYU, that's the difference to me. And that's the reason they probably the, the playoff committee probably won't put them in, which is kind of sad because I think this team can do stuff. Mm-hmm. But, that's, why we need, that's why we need an eight. Eight-team playoff. Right. Anyway. They would be in. But anyway, yes. So UCF played two teams that year that were absolutely good. So you had Memphis. Right. Who had Riley Ferguson at quarterback and Anthony Miller, who's playing for the Cowboys right now. Mm-hmm. That team was good. You know, Mike Norvell, who's coaching for Florida State right now. That team was probably the peak of his yeah. tenure at Memphis. Okay. And then you had USF, where Charlie Strong just got fired from Texas, takes a smaller job, at South Florida. Yeah. And they're good. Mm-hmm. That's who they played in the American Championship, which was a classic. Go back and watch the highlights on YouTube. That game, it gives me chills. Like, it was one of the best games I've ever watched. It was Thanksgiving weekend. Like, wow. Like, I just get nostalgic thinking about it. It was such a good game. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, so UCF played competition. Like, there was teams that if they would lose, those teams would, like... They could have beat Auburn. UCF went to in a bowl game in a New Year's Six Bowl, just like BYU has a really good chance of doing, and they beat Auburn. And I, I really think that Memphis or USF could have done the same thing. That's how, that's wow. telling you how good the conference was that year. And that's what's hurting BYU. Whoever they're playing, they know they played Navy, who's really not that good. They played Boise State, who I'm not expecting to be that good. I always think Boise State's a little bit overrated. Right. But, yes, UCF was good in a way that they played competition, they got more experience that way. BYU doesn't have that, and I think that's going to hurt. Okay. That's why That's why I wanted to ask you. I, from the way you're putting it, you're making it seem like BYU, they're definitely getting it done. They're doing their part to the best of their ability. Right. Which, which is sad, mm-hmm. because, like, what else can you do? Mm-hmm. You know, Which brings up the question, not to interrupt, but no. it brings up the question that is BYU blowing these teams out the equivalent of UCF? Winning close games against good teams, right? Like hey. it's like an it's like a uh, you can't find a happy median here. Yeah, you know what I mean. So uh, yeah, I mean that's what's gonna hurt BYU. And it's uh, we have 
written here, playoff party crashers. Is that the case? Yeah, I mean, we said it earlier, Cincinnati, BYU, uh, Texas A&M is another one. Yeah, uh, all of those teams. Yeah, I mean, these are teams that haven't even come close to making the playoff. Texas A&M, this is what, Jimbo's third or fourth year? Jimbo! Yeah, Jimbo. Uh, he he hasn't done what Texas A&M fans were hoping, you know, and they said that his third, this is his third year. They said that the third year of Jimbo is the year. Mm. It takes him two years to progress. Get, Sounds like a holiday. Yeah. The third year of Jimbo. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, it, they say it takes him two years to progress, get him used to his like new program, get recruits, and that's what he did at Florida State. That's what he did, you know, down there in Tallahassee. And here he is in Texas A&M where, who knows, they're fifth in the country. I mean, can he do it again? That Alabama loss kills. It does. And it wasn't even close, right. which doesn't help either. If it was like an overtime or fourth quarter like bomb to win it, right. they would be If they like looked like in. Ole Miss. Yes. It, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know they, what I mean? They lost by 15. No. I mean, Texas A&M lost by, what, 27? Yeah. Like, And they've been doing this consistently to Alabama, which makes me frustrated. I'm like, every year, like, ooh, is Texas A&M going to upset Alabama? Nope. No. Nope. They don't. Nope. Okay. Uh, moving on from BYU. Our last topic of our first and ten. What is your eye-pop... Silas's eye-popping play of the week. Silas. Yeah, so I want to start doing this now. You know, like, wow. What was that kind yeah. of play? And, well, we're going to start this off. This isn't going to be like this every week, but it's going to usually be like a highlight play, like a one-handed catch. Yeah. Or something like that that you can go look back and watch. But this... Yeah. Makes me cringe, this play. <laughs> this is not a highlight play? No. No. This is a cringy play. So, yes, I'm laying there. My eyes are half open during right. the Notre Dame-Clemson game. Classic. Right. right. Freshman lineman for Clemson. His name is Brian Brzee. He's a five-star. He's the top of his class. He sacks the quarterback. Okay? And he hits this guy where it sweeps his leg. I thought he broke his legs. It made me like, I was like shaking. Really? It was that disgusting. And he obviously had to get medical people to walk him off the field. And this is a big boy. Like, yeah. Big boy. And uh, hopefully he's okay, by the way. This guy got destroyed on this play. <laughs> <laughs> he was getting sacked. He was sacking the guy, and he just got took out from behind. Oh. It was bad? Oh, yeah. It, I don't even know if I want to play backyard football anymore. It was that bad. I just... It must have been bad. It might not be as bad for other people. It was like... It's not a play that... He it affected like, you. It, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just love that... It must have done something to you. Because I love that you present this new category that we're going to do every week. <laughs> si- Silas's eye-popping play of the week. Yeah. And this literally was eye-popping yeah, for was, you. Oh, I was, it, they were like bulging out of my sockets. Yeah, you it were was, like, we are making a category for this just because of this play. I just wanted, yeah, I just wanted to talk about it because right. I needed to get it off my chest. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm glad, I'm here for you, man. Prayers to Brian Brzee. Yeah, and for your eyes. <laughs> yes. I'm here for you, man. Yeah. That's tough. So that's that concludes our first and ten. We're moving on. Uh, how are your eyes doing? They're good. They're good. Yeah, I can't get it out of my mind now, but right. it's all right. Second and eight, we got our Heisman watch. It feels like we get the same amount of yards every, you know, single time. Oh, like, what do you what do you mean? Yeah, you don't you don't think so? No, I think I no. It's, I mean, no. Okay. I mean, it, we What's just happen. We just we just happen to get two yards. Okay. I'm like, sure next time. I'm sure next time we'll get. It, it won't be third and four. I promise. Okay. We'll get. We'll. It'll either we'll get sacked and we'll it'll be like third and twelve. And oh we we really gotta we really gotta like start. We're gonna have to throw it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so it won't be no short pass. Okay, it'll be a deep one. We're right. gonna get twelve yards on that sucker. Second and eight. We're gonna talk about our Heisman watch. Your Heisman watch. My Heisman watch. Yes, Silas. Who's on your Heisman watch? Well, I mean, things don't really change on my Heisman watch. You know. Uh, I feel like this is just going to fluctuate all year long. Um, yeah, but like 
literally, it's going to fluctuate week by week. Considering Mac Jones didn't play this week, they had a bye in uh, Tuscaloosa. So Justin Fields is number one for me right now. Um, congratulations to him. You're my number one if you're listening, Justin. Uh, you know, I really hope he is. Six touchdowns. He's 72 for 83 on the year. That's absurd. Literally. This guy is monumental. Oh, yeah. I agree. I agree. And it hurts, too. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, they never include him in any Heisman watch. Well, I mean, deserving that. He missed two games. He really shouldn't. Right. But it's it's tough. But this definitely moves Justin Fields way ahead, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's close. And it's not close by Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. It's more Mac Jones has entered the conversation. Right. Uh, like it or not. Uh, Trevor Lawrence. I don't. Okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. Continue. I mean, yeah, so Justin and Mac Jones. It's crazy. Mac Jones is the type of quarterback, like Joe Burrow a little bit, like great value Joe Burrow. Yeah. To where... Like the off-brand. Yeah, like Todd McShay has him in the first round. And all it takes is one year. Yeah. You know, he sits behind Tua for two years and then finally gets a shot, and he's a first-round pick. So, I mean, yeah, so Mac Jones is probably number two. And then Lawrence at three because he's just that good, you know. Um, looking at wide receivers, Devontae Smith for Alabama, you know, uh, obvious. How about Garrett Wilson Yeah, for Ohio State? This guy catches everything. And I, it's kind of scary there for a second because he, he got hit really hard. Yeah. And I thought he was out. Right. Like, and, I mean, Olave is right there with him. Like That's like a pair. If yeah. the Heisman was going to win a pair – that would be it. Olave right. and Wilson, I think that's the best wide receiver duo in the country right now. They catch everything, you know? And and it helps having your, they your get Heisman front-runner. Right, yeah. Passing to them. I feel like he's just playing big boy ball right now. Oh, yeah. And every every pass, I feel very comfortable. Like, oh, I, yeah. And confident that it's someone's going to gonna, yeah, someone's gonna catch this. Right. And, like, I was talking to someone the other day. Justin Fields is on a mission. I think the entire Ohio State football team is on a mission. Mm. They didn't fight their butts off to have a season just so they could go lose two games. No. This team wants to go beat Clemson. Yep. They want to go beat Bama. They want to go beat Notre Dame. And they want to win a national championship. Correct me if this is not accurate, but isn't it – I've heard somewhere that don't they have the, the, the score of the Clemson game? In the in their, weight room. In their weight room, yes. Or I knew it was somewhere in their in their training facility. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, Ryan Day is one of those coaches that won't let you forget it. And no. he doesn't want to forget it. And I know Olave, Chris Olave on the outside, he really blamed himself for, for that, slipping that blame, in the end yeah. zone. And there was just miscommunication. That stuff happens, even though it was heartbreaking, you know. Yeah. And this team is out for blood. And it's exciting to watch, you know. Like this is—they're getting through their schedule like it's nothing right now. And guess what? They're coming. They're coming. And I don't think anybody's going to stop them. The SEC is exploring postponement. Oh no! Yeah, it's because they fill their stadiums to maximum. I mean, my goodness. Yeah, it's like COVID town. I hate it. No, it's like SEC is the southeastern COVID. Yeah, I want to hear. I want to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. So. Man, what to say? You know, Dan Mullen gets it. Mm-hmm. Saban gets it. Trevor Lawrence gets it. And that's like the closest thing. Like, South Carolina's in the SEC, so Clemson and South Carolina, that's like the closest thing to the SEC. That's not the SEC. But anyways, yeah, these teams are postponing. It looks like they're going to, to December 19th. Write those dates down. Um, which could be iffy, considering that was supposed to be the date that the SEC championship was played. And December 20th is the playoff committee date. They are towing the line, Siles. They are towing the line. Just like it's starting to become like the Big Ten is parallel now, in my opinion. Like the Big Ten didn't have much margin of error for like how many games you had to get in, no buys, you know, had to get the Big Ten championship in before uh, the playoff committee date. And then these teams are starting to postpone so much that they're like, wow, um, this is just like the Big Ten and the Pac-12 coming back. And I think the best thing you could do is get the fans out. Like, you think that's step one? Yes, I think you've seen there's more Big Ten teams surviving right now without fans in the stadium. It's like you have Big Ten, 
and they come in at what feels like the latter half of the season, mm-hmm. and you're just like, oh my goodness. They're here, and they're doing everything in their power. The annoying There's some annoying rules that the ACC has as well. The fact that Trevor Lawrence can be on the sidelines but can't play. That's tough. Yeah. That's tough. But then you got the SEC. Mm-hmm. And they're just, it's almost like they're lackadaisical. Yeah. And, I mean, it's fitting in a way. I mean, these guys, these fans down there will do anything to get in that stadium. And I mean, some of them are, like, Southern in a way that, like, not to, not to be, like, rude or anything, but, like, some of them won't wear their masks. I ain't wearing no mask to cheer for my Bama. <laughs> yeah. I ain't wearing no mask. I can't. If I get it, I'll survive as long as I'm cheering on right. the boys. Right, and, and that might just be an opinion because we're from the north, but, like, these are the type of people that go poison Auburn's trees. But, that's true. But we, but in all fairness, where we live, we have people, especially where we live, we have people not wearing masks out in public. So, like, we understand... Right. The fan base. It's tough. Yeah, it's but you 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 are you guys are you guys you have a team, you have three or four teams, depending on where you look, in the top ten. Mm-hmm. All have a chance. One more than other of being in the playoff. Mm-hmm. And then you have fans in the crowd. You think that's the biggest factor then? Right. And the social distancing is a little embarrassing. I mean, no, I'm not trying to get into politics. Or any of this, you know, COVID protocol. Yeah. But the they're in bunches a mm-hmm. little bit, the fans. And it's, it's kind of concerning. And... Yeah. And, like, but, like, there's there's people that are doing it the right way. And yeah. there's people that are doing it the wrong way. It, like, um, Clemson backup QB, DJ Ugalali, his father is a bodyguard. If you were watching the game, he's a bodyguard. He's on the screen more than his son is. Yes, you saw him. Yeah, everybody saw him. <laughs> we all know the father. He's a bodyguard for like Rihanna and stuff. So anyways, he was standing around people, but it was distanced. Yeah. He was doing it the right way because yeah. Even from knows. his wife. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even think she was there. Or they cut her well, out. A couple weeks ago. Oh, okay. She was six feet from him. Okay, yeah. So they're doing it they're, right. That's, that's because true. Because they want to see their son play football, mm-hmm. and that's what the fans... The, and then the you have Nick Saban, who still has COVID, coaching on the sidelines. Sorry. Hate to throw that in there. Yeah, I mean, Paul Feinbaum punching the air right now. Sorry, Paul. <laughs> uh, anyways, so yeah, that's my take on the SEC postponing. I mean, it, it could be, you know, like a brush in the water. I mean, Yeah, but maybe this could be the slap in the face that they need. To or, wake up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, you need to take this thing seriously or you guys are not going to get a championship. Right. You're towing the line. You're about to cross it. That's, but then we got to be careful because then there's every, I feel like every Friday night, like everybody's on, on their toes, everybody's on their toes because we know players are being tested. Right. And that there could be someone in the big 10 that like say Ohio state, somebody big in Ohio state gets it. And then that boom, that's yeah. it. Mm-hmm. There is no room for error right now. And, and like you said, the SEC is on the same level now because of this postponement that the big 10 is, there's no room for error we got to take this thing seriously. We want college football. We want it to to the the max. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? We want to see the big teams play each other. Right. And they need to take this thing seriously so we can do that. Um, Hugh Freeze. Oh, wow. We're going there. Yeah. Hugh Freeze, in case you don't know, head coach of Liberty. Yeah, Liberty. And uh, the coaching carousel. Silas, take it away. All right. So our annual you know coaching carousel segment. Uh, Hugh Freeze. Comes in to Blacksburg, Virginia on Saturday. They're 25th in the country. And they're favored. Or they're not favored. They're underdogs by quite a bit. I'm not sure what the number was exactly. Uh, but, yes. So, Hugh Freeze used to coach at Ole Miss. was the head coach. And he decided to go to Liberty. There was some controversy when he coached from a bed. Mm. In the, you know... Uh, up in the upper deck. <laughs> I think, like, people were saying he just wanted, he was doing it for the publicity. But now, it's like, wow, this guy's a good coach. You know? And he did not do a very good job at Ole Miss. But he's doing a very good job at Liberty. And I feel like, mm, I don't know. There's lots of articles saying this guy could be the next great coach at a big school. And I'm like, okay, yeah. And I'm looking into it. I'm looking at these schools. And then I think, well, look at Tom Herman for a second. That's the first person that came to my mind. These these coaches get fired from Power 5 schools like Ole Miss, 
And then they go to little schools where they thrive against bigger schools. And I'm like, okay, this is just like Tom Herman, who coached at Houston and won a lot of games. He beat Lamar Jackson. He beat Florida State. He beat all these teams. And I feel like it's the, the biggest reason for this is the underdog factor. The feeling that they are not going to win. And he proves them wrong. But when you're this powerhouse team like Texas, mm-hmm. you lose because you're expected to win. And they're they're failing in a way. And I feel like Hugh Freeze, that's gonna be the exact same thing. But that's just a predict like that's just a prediction for me, considering he was so bad at Ole Miss. But okay. I hope you're wrong. Do you? I hope you're wrong. Because it's I mean it's liberty. So I definitely I I, I understand everything you're saying if they were to lose it'd just be like oh right okay yeah you're supposed to (laughs) like you said i really like how you said with tom herman at texas like when they lose the games they're not supposed to it's like uh but then you i mean it's just tom herman right so i i get that i would like to see hugh freeze with especially with the whole like the bed thing it's just (laughs) you know it's amazing how our how our perspective changes when they start winning ball games right but but I want to see I want to see Hugh Freeze be successful because I feel like I don't know it just it's it's gonna come with time it's I think it's a too early to call mm-hmm. another one I'm sorry to keep going with this but Scott Frost so far yeah we talked about him two two weeks ago but a lot yeah we talked about him a lot but Scott Frost was an underdog at UCF that's like not he turned them from what one in ten to a 12 and 0 team. Mm-hmm. We're so, like, oh, he's the next, he's the next guy. Yeah, because they weren't supposed to. Right. And Nebraska's supposed to. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, where they don't thrive so far, what I have seen. So, yeah, that's what I have on Hugh Freeze. Uh, coaching carousel wise, uh, Hugh Freeze, there's a lot of teams that are starting to get iffy with their coaches. Uh, I know my dad predicted the other day that Ed Ogeron, who just won a national championship, won't mm-hmm. be there in two years. Wow. I mean, yeah, because they just got what they got blown out forty-eight to three to, or forty-eight to thirteen against uh, Auburn, who's not oh, even that good. I know. Uh, so yeah, Ed Ogeron is a guy that watch out because he had he just had an amazing team, amazing coordinators. Uh, not to undermine his coaching ability, but that's a, LSU as a team. Um, there's teams like out in the Pac-12, like. Uh, Washington State, where he could go to even upgrade his tenure a little bit more. Um, but yeah, teams like that. Uh, the ACC, I don't see any teams moving their coaches anywhere. Uh, Big Ten, no, I don't see anything like that for Hugh Freeze. So yeah, that's what I have about the coaching okay. carousel. So okay, yeah. okay. Uh, Rutgers, uh, we'll talk about them a little bit um, because I mean, at halftime I was like, okay, yeah, Good. yeah. But then I mean, second half. I was like, oh, 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 yeah, yeah. So uh, let's talk about uh, Rutgers, uh, their transfers. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. And then their trick plays as well, because that's pretty much the story of the second yeah, half. I, there's some stuff that they pulled that I've never seen before. Right. You know, and, okay, so let's just start at the origin of the story. Uh, Greg Schiano used to coach at Ohio State as an assistant. He's the defensive coordinator. Got fired by Ryan Day, so there's some tension, obviously. Um, and he goes back to the shoe with Rutgers, his alma mater, or team he used to coach with, and he wants to win. You can tell the first play he throws it across the field, um, trying to look for a score to spark a fire in Rutgers. In the first half, just did not go their way. Thirty-five to three, Ohio State, which is obviously the better team. Um, you know, but then the second half comes out. I'm sure halftime. They lit a fire, you know, and they just started pulling these plays that I've never seen before that fooled the camera, they fooled me, they fooled Ohio State, they fooled Ryan Day, but... They fooled themselves. Yeah, but the defense, you know, just can't... That is the story for Ohio State. The defense of other Big Ten teams and other schools that they might see later on just cannot keep up with Ohio State's offense. Six touchdowns? Like, this is historic for Ohio State football. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. Uh, Rutgers hats off. The play calling was outstanding. I know uh, their offensive coordinator came from Oklahoma State last year. He averaged like 60 points with Princeton 
a few years ago when he coached there. So like, and their offense looked pretty good. Yeah, it? I mean they're on the rise as a program, mm-hmm. just like they did back when Shiano used to coach there. Uh, got them all the way up to third. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, hats off to Rutgers. I know you guys lost, but I mean this is Ohio State we're talking about. So, uh, just wait your turn. You'll be up there soon. I believe that with the bottom of my heart. So, uh, I mean, hats off to them. So. Yeah. Let's touch on their transfers real quick. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, every single guy they talked about, I mean, the announcers just kept going on and on. These guys have like 30 transfers. That's what their team is based off this year. I know Shiano's going to get his recruits. Yeah. But he wanted to start fast. And his first year, he brings in 30 guys that he's already like... That's insane. Yeah. He's already been... This is the direction college football is going. Hmm. This is like the pioneer, I believe. Thirty transfers? Are you kidding me? All eligible? Like, this is gonna happen more and more. The numbers are gonna start increasing, and I like it. I like it. I mean, I have no problem with the transfer portal. So, I mean, Rutgers is doing their part, you know, to be relevant again because Chris a- Chris Ash, who is coaching at Texas right now, uh, did not do it for t- for Rutgers, and I think the right move was to hire Greg Shiano, who almost went to Tennessee. So, uh, yeah, Rutgers, watch out for them in a few years. Watch out. Yeah, and uh, we're going to touch on the transfer portal in the future because I, f- I feel like we have different views okay. ab- about it. It's it. We'll talk about it another time. But uh, it is such a vital part of the game, and I do feel like we need to discuss that sometime. So I'm excited. That concludes second and eight. Holy crap, we've... We really spent a lot of time on second and eight. Yeah. But uh, that's good. There were so many good topics to talk about. Uh, We're moving on, and I'm sure we're going to get more than four yards here. Well, it is third and four. We didn't get sacked. No, we we gained four yards like we always do. Yeah. It's becoming a trend. Yeah. I don't know. So the Power Five's back in full swing. Uh, what team are you liking after week one, Pac-12-wise? They're all back! Yeah, they're we, back. I mean, who do you like? You can't argue with like how exciting that is. You know, um, Not as big as the Big Ten, right. obviously, but the Pac-12 is back. And like, there's no question that they're going to be in contention for the College Football Playoff. But after week one... You really think so? I think there's a few. I mean, you got your team. I don't know if that'll happen, but there's a few that'll be top 10 that are like, okay, well, what about them? Yeah. But anyways, uh, I'm going to go under the radar. I'm going to say Washington State. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, so Washington State, I mean, no one talks about them now, considering Mike Leach is a Mississippi State Bulldog. Um, this team is way out there in, oh, wow, I forget the name. That's yeah, I mean that's how like irrelevant they have become lately. Washington State. Yeah. I can't think of it. Yeah, I can't think of it either. But anyways, they're way out there. Let's yeah. just say that Washington State is like forgotten sometimes. Um, and hey, they win week one. Mm-hmm. They're at home against Oregon State, who's I mean on the rise in my opinion. Oregon State has a coach that is turning them into a bowl game contender, like. Like, not a very good bowl game, but like a 6-5 and five bowl game. So, yeah. anyways, they win. They got a new head coach, came from Hawaii, which is not shocking. I mean, like, that's not a very far trip for that guy. But uh, no Mike Leach, and I really feel like this team can go to a bowl game. Really? Yeah, and I know that's something that not a lot of people are expecting or looking out for. In but I like that a yeah. lot. I like that a lot. Yeah, so Washington State, I mean, they are still going to have that high-flying offense, but it's not going to be to such an extreme. I know they have a really good running back, um, and they have a really good defense. So, like, there's nothing to not like about this team. Uh, I know they gave up, what, 28 to Oregon State, which is not the best, but that'll keep improving. It was week one. So watch out for Washington State. All right, I like that a lot. We're talking about... uh... Or week 11 slate next. We're coming up. Week 11 already. It's crazy. Right. Yeah. Uh, not many games. Mm-hmm. Like, not the big ones. Especially, I don't know. But I, for one, want to talk about Ohio State-Maryland. Because that might be a bigger game than you might freaking think. Yeah. So, 
Let's talk about Maryland first. Everybody knows about Ohio State, so yeah. we'll just get in touch with Maryland a little bit. So this team is what I like to call savage a little bit. Uh, their Twitter page has taken off. If you go to Maryland's Twitter, okay, they after every win, they absolutely trash the other team. It's hilarious. <laughs> they do this picture of like their player of the game, who's usually take up a low of the quarterback, right? And they take the other team's motto and they like do it to themselves to like mock them yeah. a little bit. So okay, so two weeks ago they beat Minnesota on a Friday night, right? And they put a picture up of this guy. Happens to be a Tagovailoa, <laughs> and he just got off. It's, it's a picture of him getting off a rowboat, and he's on a deck. He's on like a dock, and it says "Boat Road." Love it. Yeah, and that's you know like if you follow Minnesota at all, you know that their motto is "Row the boat." You don't even have to follow them. No, PJ Fleck. You know, so that was like whoa, that was kind of cool. And then ne- the next week, they go at Penn State, who's coming off two losses, heartbreaking losses. They they beat him bad. Penn State did not look good at all. No. It looks like they've given up. Look, yeah, I was gonna say it looks like they lost their will to uh-huh. to win. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and is you're like, wow, Maryland, who lost forty three to three in week one, has come back for two straight wins against two good opponents. We think with some swagger. We yeah, we think Minnesota was going to be good, and yeah. we thought Penn State was going to be good, but. We really don't know yet. The Big Ten is like up for grabs, right? With like, there's still who's behind Ohio absolutely. State. Absolutely, there's so many unknowns. Yeah, except for Ohio State. Oh yeah. But anyways, um, so they come out again with another uh, Twitter post that says "Sad Valley," and you know they obviously play in Happy Valley, and then it shows another picture of Tagovailoa, and it says "You were, we are." Love it. Yeah. So like this team is you know go getters. They're yeah. on fire for football. They're back, mm-hmm. like they're playing football to the best of their ability. Too bad they have a high state. That's true. And I don't, I know the spread's like twenty six and a half for yeah. high state. Wow. Uh, whose defense is struggling lately? Sean Way's not playing to the best of his ability. No, he's not. Uh, I know he dropped to fifteenth in the latest mock draft. That stinks, though. Yeah, I know it's. And he comes back, but he'll get on track. He will. He, he's a, he's the number one corner in all of college football. So right. I'm not worried about Sean Wade. I'm not really worried about Ohio State's defense. No. Ryan Day will get them ready. They have Kerry Combs back there. So don't worry about that. I got Ohio State big. Okay. Over Maryland. I mean Maryland, great job. Right. It's over. I mean Maryland, they've I mean they've got a strong team, stronger Twitter. Right. Wisconsin at Michigan. Uh I don't even know. This is weird to okay. me. You got Michigan who Played well in week one and now just isn't playing well at all. I mean, you lose to Indiana, obviously. You guys know the story. And Wisconsin, who hasn't played in three weeks, I think it is, since the start of Big Ten football. Right. So, like, how are you? How do you know who to choose here if you're, like, a better? But uh, I say you go with the better coach. Most of you are thinking Jim Harbaugh? No. <laughs> it's the most underrated coach in college football, and that's Paul Crist. In Wisconsin, they said they're they're healthy. They play. The game will go on. Uh, it's in Michigan. Doesn't matter. Right. Didn't matter in Michigan State, did it? No, it did not. Nope. And I think Wisconsin's the better team. Graham Mertz is a great quarterback. He's like him and Justin Fields had like similar numbers in Week One. I got Wisconsin, and I think it'll be by two touchdowns or more. So. Wow. Okay. Uh, I do think Michigan's looking at this Wisconsin game as, as an a opportunity. do or die. As a do opinion. or die, but also an opportunity. Right. I feel like I feel like because of Wisconsin and their little break that they had, Michigan's looking at this. They're like, okay, we got we got to come out. Yeah. we got to we got to do this. Mm-hmm. So for that reason, it's interesting. From what I've seen from Michigan, except for Week One, I don't know. I just don't know. A uh, and M at Tennessee. Okay, so Tennessee is not good. Right, they were expected to be. They aren't. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my opinion, no surprise there. Right. They haven't been relevant for a very long time. A&M is looking good. And after that loss to Alabama, they have played really well. They beat Arkansas, who was like on upset alert. Uh, they beat quite a few different teams. You know, they on a little bit of a winning streak. Top 10 in the country. Top 5, I think, now. Um, I think A&M wins big. I know this is like an upset alert game. It's in Tennessee. 
Kentucky beats Tennessee on right. the road. Tennessee is just not good right no, now. No, they're not. And I, it, t- people talk Tennessee up, I think, honestly, just because they're in the SEC. And they're hoping. They're hoping that maybe this team... Give it be, up! Yeah, give it up. Like, uh, No hope! No. Come on, Tennessee. I don't know why... In my opinion, Greg Schiano should not be coaching Rutgers. He should be coaching Tennessee. And that was like a done deal. And mm. then, like, what happened? I remember I was at my church on my phone. There it is. Greg Schiano's next you're, head coach. You were on your phone at church? Well, it was it was like a church like event. It wasn't oh. like a uh, service. Right. But right. anyways. I'm, I'm just messing with you. Right. But, uh, yeah, he was the next coach of Tennessee. And then, boom. Boom. Yeah. it Church event. Yeah, it didn't happen. Yeah. It didn't happen. And then Jeremy Pruitt becomes the head coach. And I'm like, what? That's what you settled for, but I don't know. People are like, Jeremy Pruitt's going to do great things. He hasn't so far, and this was supposed to be the year, and they're 2-4. and four, so. Yeah, Tennessee, they just ain't got it. Nope. I got Tennessee by two touchdowns. I'm kidding. Uh, so we we also have uh, Notre Dame, and they're back. They're back. Uh, after a big win. Right. At Boston College. Mm-hmm. This one's tricky. Really? Great. Yes. What? Oh, yeah. So, uh, you saw two weeks ago, Boston College at Clemson. That was a close one. But the fighting Irish. <laughs> I know. They're fighters. They're fighting Irish. They are fighting as Irish as they can fight. Yeah, they're picking the clovers out of that grass. They're just fighting. Well. I tried to think of another one, but I gave up. They fought hard last week. They did. But every fighter has to go to sleep sometime. Right. It's not going to be the six. And I'm not saying go to sleep as in lose. I'm saying go to sleep as in... Uh-oh, it's a hangover a little bit. Oh, okay. So like for them go- to wake up last minute. Yeah, so they are cel- they're celebrating too long and then boom. Oh wait, we play Boston College who's actually pretty good. Okay. You know? Uh Jeff Halfley came over from Ohio State, you know. Yeah. You guys know the story of Boston College there. Not a bad team at all. Their quarterback has thrown for like the third most yards this year of all quarterbacks in the FBS. Um, they've got a good offense. Um, I mean, there's no reason to believe they can't keep the game close. It's in Boston College. Um, but I mean, pick Notre Dame. Yeah. Like, be smart about it. But yeah, I think Notre Dame is on upset alert. But I thought they were on upset alert against Penn or Pitt a few weeks ago, and yeah. I was very wrong. So uh, I don't know. I don't know. I just have a weird feeling about that one. Okay, I like that. So you're you're saying. Don't put money on Boston College, but definitely, definitely tune in, give yes. it a watch, and uh, you know, enjoy enjoy what could be a beautiful mess. And these are the type of weeks. Let me just say that you look at the schedule and it's like, yikes, this isn't very good. And then, wow, there's a lot of upsets. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's the type of week this is turning out. That's why to look like these are fun. Yeah, like don't not tune in. You know what I mean? This is college football. Don't take it for granted. Every year, it's like, oh, I'm so excited for college football, and then it just flies by. Yeah, and you don't. You, it's like don't. And I think to myself on a Saturday morning, okay, it's here. Don't take it for granted. There I am on Monday taking it for granted. You yeah, know what I mean? Absolutely. So just watch this weekend. There's a lot that can happen. Like don't, don't settle and you know just because it's a not a very good week of games. But uh, yeah, that's all I have to say about you know. The preview, so. Yeah, I like that a lot. I like those picks, so I'm excited. Yep. It's going to be a good weekend. Fourth and inches. Fourth and inches. This is starting to look very familiar. Yeah. But uh, we're going to spice it up a little bit. We have no topics. For fourth and inches. No. We're just going to... I just want to hear your final thoughts on everything. Okay. Just speak what is on your mind, Siles. All right. So, I mean, this is what's on my mind. Oh, boy. I think after this weekend, Hmm? the Pac-12's only chance for a playoff team will be... Take a guess. Washington State. I'm kidding. Well, I mean, that's not a bad guess at all considering USC... Now, here's why. Okay. This is why your guess is so relevant. Because Oregon is on the road at Washington State. Okay. This game is at oh, wow. 7- I actually said something. Yes. Kind of that ties into what you're, <laughs> you're talking about. Go ahead. So, Oregon's on the road at Washington State. This team did not, in my opinion, look as impressive. They 
are you know hurting without Justin Herbert, who's lighting it up mm. in the NFL. Um, they got Tyler Shuckey quarterback. Mario Cristobal is a great coach. You know their defense is not an issue. The offense is, and I feel like Washington State is going to put up points. I feel like this team can hang around and even win the game. So that's my final thought as a upset alert pick. Uh, other than that, I mean, Texas A&M on the road, Ohio State on the road, Notre Dame on the road. A lot of these teams, you know, tricky situations. Mm. But I don't see any of the other ones, you know, going full capacity to where they lose. Uh, and Ohio State two years ago had unfinished business. Uh, they went to they went to overtime with Maryland on the road, and uh, oh, that was a, they that was slipped an by. ugly game. Yeah, they yeah, did. It was fun for other fans. For other fans until the end, you know. Yeah. Uh, but they'll come out firing. I mean, this is a different offense. This is a different defense. Um, so, yeah, those games, I just don't see them happening. Doesn't mean you shouldn't tune in, but keep an eye out for, you know, Oregon on the road at Washington State. Okay. Is that your – because in our Hail Mary, we always do our upset of the week. So are we just are we just throwing the Hail Mary right now? Right now? Yeah, yeah. On our fourth and inches? Yeah. That's... We're going for Hail Mary? Right, I'm sorry, yeah. No, so, you're good. So what? what is your upset of the week is? Oregon and Washington State. Wow. 7 p.m. on Fox. Oregon's favored by 9. Watch out. So why did you ask me who my playoff contender is for the Pac-12? you believe it is Washington State or you said USC? I think because the two right now is Oregon and USC. Okay. USC slipped by Arizona State, who I believe has the best head coach. You think Washington is just going to just strip it right from them this weekend? Washington State, yes. Yes, I do. And I think USC is going to go, oh, hi, here we are. Here we are. Yeah, but watch out because they are on the road at Arizona this week who, not good. Yeah, but still. Kevin Sumlin's coach, but yeah, they're not. They're still getting their kinks out. Right, yeah. Arizona, yeah. Every team in the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. And I think USC could be having a hangover just like I said um, Notre Dame might be because that was a tough game. That wasn't an easy game against Arizona State. Now they got to play the other team in Arizona. So, right. And this one's on the road. So, yeah, I think USC will be, like, the team the Pac-12 after this week. I think Oregon will fall. Sorry, Ducks. Quack. Yeah, and one more thing. They, uh, it's kind of sad. They won't let the Duck into the stadium. And he's, like, asking Oregon Athletics to let him in. The mascot, I mean, that's really sad. Like, that's the mascot other than, like, Brutus. Yeah. They won't let him in. Well, I'm sure Corso will let him in. Oh, yeah, Cor- that's probably where he is. Yeah, he's he's stuck with Lee. He's like, please, get me out of Lee Corso's house. Right, yeah. I don't want to be on game day. I want to be in the stadium. Yeah. Get me yeah. out of Lee's house. It's probably a madhouse there. Yeah, especially when Lee, you know, takes a dip in the pool. Oh, gosh. That poor duck. You can't unsee that. No, that poor duck. <laughs> he's like, I'm begging you, please, let me, let me into the stadium. I'll play football. Right. I'll do anything. Yeah, I know. There was a Twitter post. He had a sign. He was on top of the Oregon Stadium saying, let me in. Oh, that's yeah. so sad. Yeah. That's okay. You know what? Freaking get over it. Yeah. I mean, you're with Lee Corso. <laughs> Goodness sake. Silas, is that is that all you have to say? Yeah, I am. We covered all our bases? Yeah. You know, I spit fired tonight, but that's okay. No, that's fine. Well, with, with the upset of the week, that's why we, we have these these sections. We talk about what we think, like, you know, the big upset's going to be. You said Washington State over Oregon. That's a great That's a great call. But when you look at all these games, every one of them could be an upset. Yeah, yeah. That's what these weeks are so special about. It's I, like March Madness all on one little Saturday. Right, and I totally agree. And one more thing, like the Oregon-Washington State game, that is one that's like go big or go home. Because right. either Oregon loses or Oregon wins bad. You know what I mean? Okay. It's one of those type of games. It's a Hail Mary. Right, yeah, that's what it is. And uh, one more thing before we you know, go off. Um, SMU... At Tulsa. Those are two teams that... Tulsa's only loss is to Oklahoma State, who's not a bad team at all. You know, and SMU's only loss is to... Um, Cincinnati. There it is. Yeah, Cincinnati. So, uh, those are two teams that could, like, sneak up, you know, um, in the American, which is a very interesting conference, you know. Uh, I know Cincinnati's probably the best team, but watch out for that one. That's on ESPN2. I'm excited. I think I might tune into that one. I really do. I mean, there's no Ohio State this week. Oh, yes, there is. I'm sorry. But that's earlier in the day. So, yeah, there's, there's some sneaky games at night that I'm watching. Um, 
Yeah, but I don't think Alabama and LSU is going to play, okay. which is sad. But, yeah, so. It is what it is. Okay. Sauce, that concludes our, our episode. It does. That was, we had some kinks, but I, I felt like, you know, we had a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I learned a lot. Did you? I did. Good. So, anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we apologize about not being here last week, but, uh, you know, I feel like it was okay for us. Uh, we want to be consistent, but also uh, last Tuesday, uh, usually when we get these up, last Tuesday was a big day, I feel like, for our country. And uh, so we wanted to uh, take time for that. So that whole uh, week. That whole week, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, we we spent it we spent it watching watching the updates and everything. Who but, listens uh, to podcasts when you're listening to John King? I, I mean, freaking or Fox, you know. But yeah. No, come on. If you if you are choosing to listen to a podcast, and I'm saying this, we have a podcast. That's what we're doing right now. Believe it or not. Yeah. If you're choosing to listen to a podcast. Over John King, where he's on television. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Right. I just, uh, I don't. You don't podcast you just broke over John. Broke the decibel meter up I, here. Did I? Yeah. I just. Sorry, you brought up. You brought up John King. It's all right. So, guys, that concludes our episodes. Thank you so much for listening. We are. We will see you next week. We are so excited for this weekend and all the upsets that will happen. Uh, so, so, yeah. Thank you guys for listening. This has been crazy. This is the Miller Mice Podcast with Silas and Owen Miller. We love you guys. Be safe.